Hello, I'm so glad you could join me today. I'm going to be telling the part of this story that is the hardest for me to get through. I mean, I cry just reading it in the Bible, so I figure there'll be some editing on this recording. It's the part of the story that Jesus had to go through in order for His and God's plan to work. The last time we visited, Peter had just fulfilled the prophecy Jesus had given him. The one where Jesus told Peter he would deny Jesus three times before the rooster crowed. This is where the guards that were holding Jesus started beating him and making fun of him. Early that next morning, the elders of the people started making plans on how they could kill Jesus. So they tied him up and took him to Pilate. Pilate was their governor. When Judas, the disciple that betrayed Jesus, saw that the people had pretty much condemned Jesus already, he was struck with remorse. He took those 30 pieces of silver back to the chief priests and the elders and told them that he had sinned because he had betrayed innocent blood. They was like, that don't matter none to us, that's all on you. So Judas threw the money in the temple and went out and hanged himself. The chief priests knew it was against their laws to keep the money because it was blood money. So they bought what they call the potter's field. It's a place Judas killed himself. He hung himself from the, what the scripture says. He bought, they bought the potter's field to use as a burial place for foreigners. They called it the field of blood. Now right here there is more proof that this story is legit. Now way back in the old days there was a prophet named Jeremiah and there is documented proof that he said, quote, They took the thirty pieces of silver, the price set on him by the people of Israel, and they used them to buy the potter's field. Unquote. They took Jesus to Pilate. And Pilate asked him if he was the king of the Jews. Jesus said, You say I am. Pilate didn't want to kill Jesus. He told the people that he couldn't find anything wrong with what he had done. The people said Jesus was stirring up everyone all over Judea and Galilee. When Pilate heard Jesus was a Galilean, he sent Jesus to Herod, who for some reason was in Jerusalem at the time. Herod was over the Galileans. Now Pilate and Herod, they was enemies, so what do you reckon old Herod was doing there in Jerusalem? Yeah. Seems like supernatural forces are at work here, right? Now, Herod had been wanting to see Jesus for a long time because he'd heard of the things Jesus had done. He wanted to get to see him do a miracle. He asked Jesus a bunch of questions, but Jesus wouldn't answer him on any of them. So Herod and his soldiers started mocking him and dressed him up in an elegant robe and sent him back to Pilate. For some reason after this, Herod and Pilate became friends. Again, Pilate told the people that he saw no basis for the charges against Jesus and told them that Herod had sent him back because he couldn't find anything wrong either. Remember, this was all during the festival. It was the governor's custom to release one of the prisoners they had locked up back to the Jewish people during the festival. He would let them pick which one was to be set free. 
There was this feller in jail whose name was, wait for it, Jesus Barabbas. Yeah, can this story get any weirder? I mean, who could make this up? Anyways, Barabbas was well known to everyone and was in prison with the insurrectionists who had committed murder during an uprising. Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat and gathered all the people together. He asked them which prisoner they wanted, Jesus Barabbas or Jesus who is called the Messiah. While he was sitting there, Pilate's wife sent him a message saying not to have anything to do with that innocent man, Jesus the Messiah, because she had suffered a great deal in a dream that day because of him. Sounds like she might be a prophet. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus executed. When they all shouted that they wanted Barabbas released, Pilate asked them what they wanted to do with Jesus the Messiah, and they shouted, Crucify him! Again, Pilate asked them what crime he had committed, but they kept shouting to crucify him. Pilate knew he wasn't going to get out of this one, and knew the group of people was about to start an uproar. So he took water, and he washed his hands so the crowd could see, and told him he was innocent of this man's blood, and that Jesus' death was their responsibility. The people shouted that his blood would be on themselves and their children, Pilate then released Barabbas to them and had Jesus flogged and taken to the cells to be crucified. Now you can go to the Bible and read about Jesus' crucifixion. I, I don't really want to get into detail here. It's too hard for me. They have written it in detail. It tears up my soul to read it and know that he did that for me. I don't deserve it. But he did it anyways. Now in the temple, there was a place that nobody was allowed to go. It was called the Most Holy Place. The only ones who could go in there were certain priests, and they could only go in once per year during the Passover. And they sacrificed to God for everyone's sin to be forgiven. When Jesus died, the curtain that separated that place from the rest of the temple ripped in half from top to bottom. Now this is documented. There were hundreds of witnesses, if not thousands. The most holy place in the temple wasn't special anymore. Jesus freed us from those yearly sacrifices by giving himself as the ultimate sacrifice. At that same moment, the earth shook and rocks split and tombs broke open. The bodies of holy people that had died were raised to life. They came out of their tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. The centurion and those with him that were guarding Jesus while he was on the cross saw the earthquake and all the other things that happened and they all knew immediately that Jesus was surely the Son of God. So they took him off the cross and placed him in a tomb. A tomb is like a cave that has been carved out of the rock. The chief priests were afraid that some of Jesus' followers would come and steal his body and make it look as if he had risen. So they rolled a huge stone over the opening and placed guards there to keep anyone from opening it. 
They also put a seal on the stone so that anyone who removed it without permission from Pilate would be put to death. Mary Magdalene is a woman that Jesus knew and had casted out demons from. She followed him just like his disciples. After the Sabbath, she and Jesus' mother went to look at the tomb. Just then there was a violent earthquake, and an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards that were protecting Jesus' tomb were so afraid of him that they shook and fainted. The angel said to the women, Not to be afraid. He told them that Jesus wasn't there and that he had risen. The angel asked them to come into the tomb and see for themselves, and then go tell his disciples that Jesus had risen and was going ahead of them into Galilee. Jesus wanted them all to meet him there. So the two women hurried away from the tomb and ran to tell the disciples the good news, which ends up being the gospel. When all of a sudden Jesus appeared to them, the women hugged him and kissed him and were so happy to see him. Then Jesus told them to go and tell his brothers to meet him in Galilee. While the women were on their way to see the disciples, the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. The chief priests gave the soldiers a large sum of money to tell everyone that Jesus' disciples came during the night and stole him away. This is the story that some of the Jews still believe today. When the women got to where the disciples were staying with all the other followers, they told them all what had happened. But the disciples did not believe the women. Peter and John raced to the tube to see for themselves. When they got there, they saw that what the women described was true. So now the eleven disciples go to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. Jesus came to them and they worshipped him, but some still doubted. He fussed at them for their lack of faith and refusal to believe in those who had seen him after he had risen. He even had Thomas feel his hands and his sides where the wounds had been. Thomas knew then that it all was true. And Jesus told him that he believed because he had seen for himself, but others would be more blessed because they would believe through faith without actually seeing proof. Jesus appeared to them over a period of 40 days and told them things about the kingdom of God to which Peter held the keys. He ate with them and spent a lot of time with them. Then he told them all to go into all the world and preach the gospel to everyone, that whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. He told them not to leave the city until God had given them the gift he had promised them. This is the thing that I said previously that they didn't have but would need when Jesus left. Jesus then was taken up right before their eyes into heaven. Now since there were only eleven of them left since Judas had betrayed Jesus, they knew from prophecy in the book of Psalms that they needed to replace him with someone who had been following them from the time Jesus was baptized. They nominated two men, a man named Joseph and a man named Matthias. They prayed that Jesus would choose who he wanted to replace Judas, and then they casted lots, kind of like rolling dice nowadays, to pick who would take Judas's place. Matthias won and was added to the eleven apostles to make twelve, one for each tribe of Israel. Now remember back in the story when Jesus told Peter he was giving him the keys to the kingdom? 
And remember when I said the apostles didn't have what they needed yet to be able to go and teach the gift from God, you know? Well, we are at that point in the story. So, listen up. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all gathered into one place. All of a sudden, there was this sound like a blowing wind that came and filled up the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed like tongues of fire that split up and came down on each one of them. They was all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages. There was a bunch of God-fearing Jewish people from, the, from every nation staying there in Jerusalem because of the celebration. When they heard the sound coming from all this happening, they gathered together in a huge crowd and could hear the apostles speaking in a language they could understand. The people were amazed because a lot of them didn't speak the same languages as the apostles. They looked at each other and were like, Ain't all these guys Galileans? How can each of us hear them in our native languages? We hear them declaring the wonders of God in their own languages. Of course, there were some of them that were making fun of them and saying that the apostles had been drinking too much wine. Then Peter stood up and told them that they were not, in fact, drunk. It was only nine in the morning and that this act had been prophesied about by Joel. He told them that Jesus was God's Son and was handed over to them by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and that they, with the help of the wicked men, the Romans, killed him by nailing him on a cross. Then Peter told them that God had raised Jesus from the dead because it was impossible for death to keep a hold on him. He told them all about how Jesus had ascended into heaven and sat at the right hand of God, that they all were witnesses of it, that Jesus had received the Holy Spirit and as promised had poured it out all over them. That Holy Spirit was what they were witnessing right now, seeing and hearing it right now. Not a bunch of drunk men. He then told them that God had made the one they themselves crucified, both Lord and Messiah. He told them that they had killed the author of life. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart, and they begged Peter to tell them what they could do. He told them to repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of their sins, and they too would receive the Holy Spirit to help them and to guide them. This promise was for them and their children and for all who are in the world. The Bible says about 3,000 were added to the kingdom that day. This is what Jesus had meant when he said he had given Peter the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Peter had stood up and opened the gates that day and gave us all a way to get in. Just repent and be baptized and you can be in the kingdom of heaven, awaiting the resurrection into our immortal bodies. Well, that's the end of my story for today. I got through it pretty good. I hope you enjoyed being here as much as I did. I love when we get to spend time together. Remember, you're one of a kind because God made you just the way you are. And that's so, so wonderful. I love you. God bless.